Once again, you're listening to the podcast edition of Alberta Doctors Digest. I'm your host and editor-in-chief, Marvin Polis, and with me now over the phone line is Dr. Sandy Patterson. He's the co-editor of Alberta Doctors Digest, and he's here to talk about his latest column called Lost in Transition, a Guide for Boomers. Sandy, where do you want to start? I think it started for me at a annual meeting down in Chicago where I found myself sitting in the audience listening to medical speakers and I'm still very interested in what I do in medicine but I just found it a little tedious and I was thinking maybe maybe I don't really I think this will be my last appearance here at this annual meeting and then it went on from there and I thought well maybe it's about time I started thinking about winding down you know when you reach a certain age there's and I'm now lucky enough to have been excused on call activities. It's so nice, but your younger colleagues, I think they get worried a little bit about this. And if you have too many people that are not taking call, then the burden falls on a practice for those that are doing it. So you've got to look at this, I think, in a very organized way. There's the two sides to uh, the the whole retirement thing. One is the financial side, but the other one is the emotional side. And that's the one I think is the hardest. A lot of doctors, and, and indeed if you look at almost any profession, if you've spent your life in it, part of your persona becomes being that kind of person. You know, you're either a, an entertainer, like, say, Paul McCartney, who wrote the song uh, When I'm 64, when he was about 16, and now he's in his 70s, and um, I don't think he's uh, thinking of retiring or anything. But you've got to start and think about what is a fair balance, because you can contribute a lot, but you don't want to play too much on the seniority thing, because the the younger colleagues get uh, resentful of that, I think. At least I would if I were in that age group. There's a CMA document that I think is very, very good. I read it, and they emphasized the emotional side as being very important. They recognized that many of us, medicine is a big part of who we are, and you've got to let that go. The CMA in 2004 had a really good document which went into this and emphasized this, that preparing emotionally for retirement has the biggest impact on anybody's quality of life. And that if you're prepared emotionally, you will have a much more rewarding retirement than if you just suddenly retire and think that playing golf or traveling is going to be the answer, and it isn't. Because the figures in this study show that about two-thirds of doctors go into a kind of transition phase that can be anything from three to ten years, but mostly around about three to five years. And that allows you to gradually devolve your clinical practice and prepare your own other outside interests. And even if you're still interested in medicine, it does allow you to also decide, well, what is it I want to continue doing in medicine? For example, a golfing friend of mine who's a retired internist, he does insurance examinations for a day and a half a week, I think, and he enjoys that. He goes in, he meets the people, he's interested. Other people will go and do work in underdeveloped countries, for example, teaching. You can spend a lot of time with the students there, which is really appreciated. Doing very simple things like teaching them how to do physical examination and uh, more basic 
medicine and surgery. And there's the money aspect of it as well, right? I know that's something you wanted to talk about. And in fact, you had a funny story you wanted to share. Oh, right. Well, yeah, the money is important, uh, but it's well dealt with in many of the sort of retirement columns and that kind of thing. Right at the back of your mind, there's always the slight fear that you're going to run out of money. And the there's an excellent uh, short story by Somerset Mom called The Lotus Eaters. And this is about a banker who really planned his life out well. And he retired at the age of 50 and he'd saved enough for an annuity for 25 years. So he went off to Capri and lived the life of Riley. He was the talk of the town. And gradually the time passed and he reached the age of 75, ran out of money. And he had, of course, such a credit that he lasted another two years borrowing and writing chits. Then people realized he had no money. He was given some shelter by some old friends for a year or two. And then they got tired of that. And he actually ended his days in a cow shed, sleeping with the cattle. And this is a sort of thing that does play at your mind because people are living longer. And one of the statistics that stunned me was the fact, I read this and it's a documented paper. It is documented in a Canadian Medical Association journal paper that of girls born in 1951, so these are women now aged 40, 13% of them are expected to reach the age of 100 and get one of those telegrams from the Queen, which in Canada you have to ask your MLA and the Queen will give you a, tele a, a telegram saying congratulations. It used to be that the monarch would maybe have 10 or 12 of those to write per year. Now it's in the thousands. There's been an increased longevity so you've got to think about the lotus eater and uh, are you going to run out of money? So you've got to make sure that 4% withdrawal is about a safe amount to withdraw from your capital each year. Okay, well, those are certainly uh, good thoughts to think about. Is there anything you'd like to say before we wrap up? Just to emphasize, the money side is important, but much more important is the emotional side and coming to terms with letting go of your persona as a physician, it's going to be much less of a part of you than it has been most of your life. And I think that if you can do that and get a vocation, an avocation that allows you to wake up in the morning and think, oh boy, good, I've got to get on with that painting or I've got to get on with that development that I'm doing in uh, uh, Vancouver Island or whatever, I've got to get up and go out to Costa Rica and help there. That kind of thing allows you to have a, a really good retirement. I understand. That's what I'm told. It makes a lot of sense to me. The idea that uh, a round of golf every day and going on a cruise uh, every three months that's not going to cut it for a lot of people. Well, certainly uh, very insightful thoughts coming from you as always, Sandy. And uh, and I must say that in your eventual retirement, uh, I wish for you one of those letters from the Queen, one of those telegraphs from the Queen, but I do hope that it's not delivered to a cow shed. <laughs> Thank you, Martin. Thank you for joining us.